My Eagle enthusiasts, it's Fairway Rolling, presented by FanDuel. Major season is here, and you can get in on all the long drives, big putts, and major moments with FanDuel. Check out live PGA Tour bets like longest drive, round leaders, matchups, birdie or better, and more. Plus, track every shot in the app and watch select par three holes while you place your bets. Download the app today and bet with FanDuel, the official betting operator of the PGA Tour. Ringer is committed to responsible gaming. Please visit rg-help.com to learn more about the resources and helplines available and listen to the end of the episode for additional details. You must be 21 years old or older and present in select states. If you have a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit rg-help.com. This episode is brought to you by Evernorth Health services. Costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care, and Evernorth is doing everything in their power to make that possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best. It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that'll benefit your bottom line. It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI. It's possible because they're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions, that's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com slash wonder. Hey, the Ringer Shack House is brought to you by Callaway, the number one irons in golf. Hey, House, I'm going to let you take this one because I know you just spent a week in Florida playing with a set of Callaway's latest and greatest irons. I did it, Jeff Shackelford, and let me tell you, the irons remain hot with that explosive face cup technology. That means more distance. In fact, I knocked the ball over a couple greens and more forgiveness. Callaway's steelhead irons, Jeff, are the must-try irons of the season. I recommend you all get out there, friends, to your nearest golf shop, swing them for yourself, and visit CallawayGolf.com. Use the Iron Selector Tool. That's capital I, Iron, capital S, Selector Tool to find out which ones are best for you. All right, let's go to the Shack House. House, welcome back from beautiful Florida. We've uh, been off while you were off galvanting around uh, beautiful Ponte Vedra Beach. Uh... A lot of fun stuff going on. We're going to talk to Adam Hadwin. We're going to talk to Gary Williams. We're going to talk a little bit of Masters. But I got to hear about this uh, this trip kind of dusting off the clubs. Yeah, Jeff Shackelford, I am happy to report I finally recovered physically. Uh, my dignity oh. is still – I still <laughs> – I left my dignity my dignity behind. I said there was – the humiliation factor was, was high. I mean, here's the thing at this sort of stage of my golf career. I have – a terrific ambition. This whole trip was a knock off the rust. K-O-T-R 2K17, right? Because we like to put it in the lingo yeah. of the millennials. We want to put it in a way that all of our listeners can understand. Right. That's right. Um, and we we uh, took on a combination of, of play and instruction. And I have to tell you, um, at this stage of, of, of my career, it was just too much. I mean, I needed to, we, we went down there on a Wednesday morning, played around the golf, went to dinner, woke up early, instruction for half a day, over to TPC Stadium, uh, had a wonderful experience there. Uh, another dinner, up early again the next day, another half day of instruction, another round of golf, and then off to the airplane. Um that would might have worked uh, twenty years ago, for, for, yeah. for me. But this stage, you know, I, I'm I'm on the I I'm on the fourth tee uh, down on the tee box doing a leg over leg stretch. You know, my oh, lower back. I mean, no, it's all that we, kind of stuff. Now, look, come on, I, come on. We don't want. We've already got an explicit rating. We don't want to I'm, give people I'm, too many images here. Jeez, I'm not. I'm not going to work too much of the that that geezer angle. Well, we'll talk a bit about the uh, sawgrass a little bit more with Gary Williams in a bit. But before we get to Adam Hadwin, last week's winner at the Valspar, uh, we have to talk a little Masters uh, because we are getting awfully close. And Adam has added a fun little bit of 
of uh, Masters excitement for us here because he's our guest and he's now in the Masters. But House, uh, any any gut feelings where where we are right now uh, with the, uh, the the big tournament just uh, less than a month away? Yeah, this is when it starts to get real. We are inside of 30 days before the the tournament, and you know, uh, you you have some guys distinguishing themselves. Um, Dustin Johnson's performance down in Mexico was very interesting. Now. It was such a good performance that I can't touch him in the Masters. The odds no, right no, now no, are no. seven to one. Yeah, I mean, that's that's, that's that's preposterous. You can't you can't get anywhere near proper value for putting a wager on. But you know, it goes pretty quickly from that. You know, you have uh, DJ and Spieth and McElroy and and uh, Day between seven to one up to fifteen to one. But if you if you're willing to sort of look at some interesting names once you get to like the thirty to one class and up. Um, some names, some interesting names start to pop up. I know you're partial to and have been enjoying what you've been seeing out of Justin Rose so far this season. Yeah, I, ju- I made him uh, one of my four number one seeds. We we did a segment on Morning Drive today, and they wanted me to give seeds. And I, I actually moved him in above Matsuyama just because I feel like Matsuyama suddenly is not trending quite as well. And he could turn it around this week at Bay Hill. But I uh, I had to do a preview of 10 players to watch for golf week, and I I really am bullish on Rose because he, uh, he's he got that great track record, and he's going in so quietly, so off the radar. Uh, he had a nice finish at Sony, Riviera, Farmers. He's You know, the, the ball striking is as good as ever. It's all about the putting, but, you know, 25, 28 to 1. Uh, I mean, he and Justin Thomas are at the same number, and I'm sorry, no disrespect to Justin Thomas, who's one of the three best players in the world right now, but Justin Rose has that second place finish and the experience at Augusta and he's skipping the match play. And I I just love the way he's, I feel like he's kind of coming in the way Adam Scott came in a few years ago and uh, the years he's contended and and won. But uh, that, that, that's who I'm seizing on at a reasonable number right now. Who, who are you? uh, Were you referring to somebody more down the list in particular? I have two other guys. I have one guy way down the list. Um, One guy I can absolutely promise you I'm allocating some capital to. And honestly, it feels like um, I wish I'd jumped on him a little early. I don't love this price. At 35 to 1, John Rahm, who will be playing the Masters for the first time. But, you know, his game is incandescent right now. And uh, I'm not put off by the putts he missed at the end of um, his challenge with, with, with DJ. Um, I like just everything about his game. He has all the pieces um, that look like, you know, uh, could could really serve him well uh, at Augusta. And then I'm, I'm going way down the, the, the list. Uh, I'm keeping an eye on um, T- Tyrrell Hatton. Ah, did okay. I, did I say his first name right? Yeah. Tyrrell Tyrell? Uh, uh, Tyrell, I believe, is Tyrell. I, I, Tyrell. I, yeah, but don't Tyrell. ask me. Um, <laughs> 90, to one, 90 to one. Oh, 90 to one. That's a guy. Huh. Now you know last year, uh, and huh. I don't mean to um, you know, just just uh pick up off of uh because it worked once, the idea that it's gonna work again. Danny Willett was a guy um that also kind of had this profile as as Mr. Hatton, um, that was play had played well on the Euro tour and then distinguished himself a little bit um here on the couple of events in the in, on US soil and then kind of came out of nowhere to steal the Masters. Hatton at ninety one um is worth a couple bucks on that okay. same kind of idea. Now, I'm sticking with Thomas Peters. I don't know what you're what you're uh, looking at, but I'm still seeing him in the fifty to sixty six to one range, and just uh, he's still playing beautifully, and and I still feel like that's the place that uh, he's the Danny Willett of this year potentially. I like um, him. I like him. I like I like the way you're thinking. And Kucher, Kucher, I just one of these years he's going to do it, and uh, you never know. This could be the one. He's well, I, I, very generous. I was loath right to now. mention it. I. I like Kucher, um, and I might put a couple bucks on him. The other guy that fits that same profile, and I, I know I'll be laughed at for this, is is Sergio. Yeah, I'm not going to mock you at all on Sergio. I just think that uh, everything's lining up. He's newly engaged. It's going to be a lot of fun to see what he does. Maybe this new, kinder, gentler guy, uh, House. But now House, down at 150 to 1. If, if, if a House will even acknowledge him is Adam Hadwin, our guest today on the Shack House. But before we talk to Adam... 
Hey, let's take a quick break and hear a word from our friends at Odyssey, the number one putter in golf and clubhouse leader in tour wins around the globe in 2017. Padding that stat yesterday was Adam Hadwin, our guest here on the Shack House today, who was rolling an Odyssey tank putter. That's one of the counterbalance putter options that Odyssey offers. You'll find those options uh, at odysseygolf.com. And new for this season, Odyssey has introduced a new way to roll, the micro hinge insert in the new O-Works putters. They help you putt truer and put a faster roll on the ball, which is key to reduce that skid and get that ball rolling on target as soon as possible. And it is the softest putter face I've ever tried in my life. So experience a new way to roll at your closest retail outlet that sells good golf gear and visit odysseygolf.com to learn more about micro hinge and all the great stuff that odyssey is doing friends the ringer shack house is also brought to you by simply safe you may be thinking did i close that window did i lock the garage these are questions that nag at you while you're out of the house running errands or relaxing with friends and they can drive you nuts but thankfully, you do not have to worry when you have Simply Safe home security. Because with an arsenal of sensors equipped to protect your entire home and family, Simply Safe offers an extra layer of protection that will put your mind at ease. Not to mention, just recently, Simply Safe released a high definition camera that connects your security system to your smartphone so you can see everything that's going on at your home no matter where you are. No more wondering. But best of all, it's only 15 bucks a month. That's a third of what other companies charge. And no long-term contracts or hidden fees. Simply Safe has got rid of everything that makes most home security systems such a pain. They're not out there to gouge you. Go check out Simply Safe, my friends. And the new camera. You'll get an exclusive 10% discount when you go to simplysafe.com slash ringer. That's simplysafe.com slash R-I-N-G-E-R. Joining us now on the Shack House, he won the Valspar Championship in dramatic fashion over Patrick Cantlay. He made it interesting the last day. He's been playing beautifully all year on the PGA Tour, including a 59 at the Career Builder Challenge. He's from Canada. He's won now once on the tour, twice on the web.com tour, and he's also a two-time winner on the Canadian tour for Moose Jaw. He is uh, a super guy. We're thrilled to have him. Adam, thank you for joining us. Where are we talking to you from? I am uh, just currently sitting in the hotel in uh, the Homewood Suites in Orlando, Florida. Beautiful, beautiful. And you're getting ready to play Bay Hill this week, uh, and then you're uh, taking a few weeks off, correct? Yeah, we got Bay Hill this week, and then, uh, well, two weeks off from the golf course anyways, but uh, a big week for me next week personally, getting married, so uh, very exciting times, and then uh, we're uh, a couple weeks away from Augusta. Are you going to be able to squeeze in a pre-Augusta trip? Um, trying to sort that out as we speak. <laughs> All uh, right. You know, obviously a lot has changed, a lot, has, a lot has changed in the last 12 hours, and I'm um, still kind of trying to take notes of where I'm at and where I, where I need to be and what's kind of, what kind of, what's going on. So, uh, once kind of dust settles and I can kind of get back, back more into a, a more natural routine here for the week, uh, we'll start looking at, uh, when I can get there and how. All right. House is going to grill you a little bit about your, your honeymoon stuff, but before, before he does that, um, I want to ask you, you made a comment in your post round press conference. You said you, you, you were talking to your caddy about how, when you've been going to these, tournaments on the tour uh and and feeling like you're a better player a year later when you go to those places and i was just curious about that one where the, when that conversation took place was that actually mid was that during the final round and and then what exactly do you mean is that just knowing the course is better or do you just see your how your game has improved playing uh tough golf courses like innisbrook yeah, it was during the final round. I, I honestly, I can't remember exactly what hole it was, but um, yeah, we were just, you know, I was talking with my caddy Joe, and, and it just, you know, I had kind of felt that, you know, the entire entire year myself that, you know, every time I, I I revisited a golf course, I felt like my golf game was in a better place. I felt like mentally I was in a better place, and um, you know, he he kind of he kind of mentioned what you said. You know, the the comfortable. Uh, uh, being comfortable with the golf courses a little bit more. I've played most of them two times already, and um, 
you know, being being familiar and, and the surroundings and all that probably play a, a large part in in what I said as well. And um, you know, I just feel like I've I've continued to improve each and every year, and uh, that's been that's been the key for me. I, uh, I've just sort of been on this upward trend for a while now, and uh, you know, kind of culminated in a, in a win this past weekend. But um, you know, hopefully, just continue that trend upwards and just continue the good golf being played. So, Adam. Uh, Jeff mentioned that I'm going to have a couple sensitive questions for you about your, your plans for the rest of March and, and heading into Augusta. But before we get there, I, I, I have a question for you. I know a little bit about your background and you've talked a little bit about it. Um, you have mentioned um, in the past that baseball and golf were the sports that you loved and, and pursued as a kid and that you never played hockey. Uh, my question is, uh, are you sure you're Canadian? I've been asked that many of times. My passport says I am, but I don't know <laughs> if I'm actually full-fledged Canadian in, in many many people's eyes. But Well, you are. You are, are I, 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 when you win yeah. a tour event, you definitely become one. Yeah. So my, let, okay, let's pretend. Well, at, at very least, then I can I can be an honorary Canadian then now. <laughs> if, if you did play hockey... You know, it's important in hockey that everybody have a nickname. Um, do, you, do you already have a nickname? No, um, no, I got nothing good for you there. Um, well, I, you I'm know, still the, waiting the, on the, somebody the, to give me a good the one. Go to the hockey go to is do you just end you just end somebody's name with with I E or E? So uh, I mean, maybe we could call you Hattie. Can you be Hattie? You know what? I, I it's funny you say that. I've gotten Hattie a lot when I grew up. So. Um, you know, when I played baseball and everything, everybody used to call me Hattie. So there you go. We'll go with that. That's perfect. We'll roll with Hattie. I love it. Uh, now, Adam, we have a question from the Callaway community. Uh, Bash wants to know where the honeymoon that is being canceled, where was it originally supposed to be? We were supposed to go down to the uh, the French Polynesian Islands. So we we're going to mm. spend a couple nights in Tahiti, a couple nights in Bora Bora, and then a couple nights in Morea. Ooh. Wow. So this this yeah. is the perfect segue <laughs> into my question, Adam. Um, and I know by now you're probably exhausted by this. So we, we, we can just establish for everybody that Adam uh, and his fiance, they plan a wedding for March and a, and a honeymoon shortly thereafter. And the, the wedding uh, coincides with a WGC event that Adam um, previously hadn't qualified for. And the honeymoon uh, was supposed to coincide with the masters. And uh, now both of those events are available. My question to you, Adam, is was the planning of the wedding in March deliberate in the sense that it, it would create, you would have all these great problems for yourself like you have right now if you actually went out and won a tournament? <laughs> um, no, you got to remember, right? We, we planned this wedding probably last June or July and, um, uh, you know, we're getting married in Phoenix, and, and she wanted to, to get married in the spring. And, uh, you know, Phoenix in the spring is, is a great time. So she kind of wanted to, um, you know, when I, when I proposed, I think I proposed in May of last year. So we kind of just dove right into it. We wanted to, uh, we didn't want to have a long engagement. So we picked the springtime. We got married in Phoenix. We, it was pretty much at this point kind of up to the, um, up to our location um, of what dates we could get. And, um, we, we found a, we found a great date. And when the PGA tour schedule came out for the following year, you know, I was thinking, Oh, that's great. Well, um, you know, it falls during the week at Puerto Rico, at least it's an opposite field event at the time. And, you know, I'm not going to be missing, uh, you know, a full, a full field event and, uh, a full regular field event. And, um, you know, a WGC event at the time was never on my radar. I mean, I've been, I've spent the last, you know, a year and a half kind of hovering around 190th to uh, 170th in the, in the world rankings. So, um, you know, the WGC was certainly never on my mind. And, um, you know, I knew, I knew the Masters and stuff was only a win away. But uh, we didn't start planning honeymoons until uh, probably January of this year because we knew that we knew the wedding was kind of right in the middle of golf season and that I, I likely was going to have to go right back into it. But, I told her that if things had gone well at the beginning of the year, that we could maybe look at taking a honeymoon and we could do that and, and kind of have that nice wedding straight into honeymoon like most people do. And, um, you know, I played well at Career Builder, set myself up, and we planned a honeymoon. But 
there was a little caveat there that said, you know, we're going to book the refundable stuff just in case we get yeah. into the Masters. And, um, <laughs> you know, sure enough, here we are, you know, what, what's that, two and a half months later after booking this honeymoon, and uh, we have to cancel it. So, um pretty crazy to see how, how how far things have come just in you know just in two and a half months really because uh even after career builder i was still um what 100 120th or something or something like that in the in the in the world rankings so um you know wgc's at that point were still a ways off so so I, I know very I know much better than to ask this follow up. I've I've been with my wife for coming on nearly fifteen years. We've been married for ten. But I I just want to point something out. You you know that the, the WGC events are, are are guaranteed money. You know all you have to do is show up. Uh, and I'm not suggesting that you wouldn't just you show up there to collect a check. You would show up and compete and try and, and do the very best you could. But you know that just setting foot on the grounds there. You, you pick up a paycheck and you and you take that home. I know it coincides with the wedding, and I know better than to ask the question, but is there any negotiation with your wife about, you know, maybe you do something small now just to go ahead and, and, and commemorate the, 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 the sacred bond, but you go ahead and participate in the event, and then you can have a big event, you know, in, in, in the fall maybe. No, there has been zero discussion, and I'm not even going to approach her with that question um, at this point. Um, you know, like you said, you know better than to ask that question. Um, it's, uh, you know, the only thing that would, you know, that has even crossed my mind that, you know, could potentially work is that with the new format of the match play, you know, you're yeah. in your little bracket and you play your your matches and, and then you move on to the round of 16 is that you know maybe i could go down there and play my matches wednesday thursday and then you know oh, oh I'm, I'm a little sick i gotta leave now guys sorry and then withdraw or something but yeah um, i would you know that's 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 more of just a joke i mean i would i would never do that obviously you know taking right. spots away from guys that are going to go there and, and be there the whole week but um you know what I, i've i've got the way I look at it is, you know, if I keep if I keep working hard and playing like I am, I've got plenty of WGCs to come, and, and uh, yeah. you know, I'll take advantage of those when uh, when they come. Uh, last thing, Adam, just I mean, there's so many things that happen when you you win and exemptions and things that come with it. Um, just in kind of your your day to day, I assume you you probably drove uh, from Tampa to Orlando. What what what? Anything in particular that kind of besides obviously the Masters that sort of popped into your head? I mean, something like is the President's Cup on your radar or anything? You know, the perks of winning that that has really uh, kind of jumped out at you that is uh, like uh, a bit of a shock almost. Yeah, I mean, I think for me the biggest thing is job security. Um, yeah. You know, every year <laughs> I have to kind of go out and prove myself and. Um, you know, earn my way back onto the PGA Tour. And, you know, I, I had gotten off to a great start this year and pretty much, you know, I had already solidified my place in next year, you know, my job for next year. So it was about uh, continuing to move up the FedEx Cup rankings and, um, you know, to, to win and, and be able to to plan a schedule now again for another two extra years and, and have that job security is, is huge for me. Um you know, getting into the Masters, getting into the PGA, getting getting a chance to play more majors, um, and then only like just the the position that I'm in right now in the FedEx Cup. Um, you know, playing well early, I've, I've got such an opportunity now the rest of the year to do some special things this year, and you know, maybe play my way into the Tour Championship, and uh, you know, who knows, maybe be maybe be holding a, a FedEx Cup title at the end of the year. Hmm. Awesome. So, so one last thing, Adam. Uh, we would be remiss if we did not pass along both congratulations and thanks from Callaway's own Harry Arnett. It was very kind of you to be so thoughtful as to win <laughs> this week's tournament uh, right on uh, right in advance of appearing on Callaway Live with Harry. Um, and we especially appreciate you winning, um, having already recorded. The Callaway Live, and Harry now has to scramble to figure out how he's going to introduce you as PGA Tour winner Adam Hadwin. 
You know, I thought about that on the drive up. I thought what perfect timing that is. Now, you know, the, the week that my Callaway Live uh, content's coming out, uh, I was able to pull out a victory on the weekend before. So um, it was a great show. Uh, you know, I hope it, I hope it turns out as, uh, as good, as, as, as much fun as I had doing it with him. So uh, I look forward to watching it. Awesome. Well, Adam, thanks. We, we'll let you get some rest. It's going to be a fun week there at Bay Hill. And, uh, well, I don't know, fun, but it's going to be a, a special week to be uh, a part of that event yeah. and thinking about Arnold Palmer. So uh, get some rest there at the uh, the Homewood Suites, and we really thank you for taking a few minutes to uh, chat with us. Thanks, Adam. Yeah, you got it, guys. Absolutely. No problems at all. Friends of the Ringer Shack House, we're also brought to you by Helix Sleep. You know, night after night, two people lay in the same bed, but when it comes time to buy a new mattress, only one gets their way. Until now. Introducing Helix Sleep, where you can buy a mattress online customized for both of you. And the price is in the hundreds of dollars as opposed to thousands. Go to helixsleep.com, answer a few simple questions based on four key preferences, and the result will be a custom sleep profile used to build you the most comfortable mattress you will ever sleep on. Your mattress will arrive at your door in about a week. Shipping is 100% free, and Helix customers report a 30% improvement in overall sleep quality. For couples, Helix customizes each side of the mattress, personalized to suit each of your bodies and the way that both of you sleep. You have 100 nights to try it out, and if you don't love it, they will pick it up for free and give you a 100% refund, no questions asked. That's why everyone from GQ Magazine to Forbes are all talking about Helix Sleep. Go to helixsleep.com slash house and get $50 off your order. That's helixsleep.com slash H-O-U-S-E, helixsleep.com slash house. $50 off your first order. Do it. Hey, Shaq, we're about to have your good buddy. Every Monday morning, you get up at, at some ungodly hour and have this wonderful conversation with none other than Golf Channel's own Gary Williams. Uh, very excited to have him on the Shaq house. Yeah, absolutely. Gary is a, a fascinating guy. He has done uh, a lot in the world of golf, a lot of interesting jobs. We're going to talk to him about that. Plus, of course, Gary's lived in Orlando now for for over six years and, and uh, really was one of those people who got into golf because of Arnold Palmer and and uh, then got to work and talk to him and all that good stuff. So Gary's a, a very interesting guy and very versed in all sports. So Gary, welcome to the Shack House. Uh, Jeff, Joe, thank you for having me. It's my pleasure. So, uh, you know, just take us back. I, I, uh, I know that you're like a lot of people. Um, you uh, have a background in golf that probably started with being taken to a golf tournament uh, by a grandfather and seeing uh, Arnold Palmer. Is that about about accurate? Yeah, the, the only the, the only uh, you know inaccuracy there is that it was my dad. Oh, it was your dad? Okay. Uh, my, my father. Yeah, my father took me to the 1973 Greater Greensboro Open, and that was the first time I laid my eyes on Arnold Palmer, and I was uh, soon to be the seven years of age. And I'll never forget. The line, and it's it's a line that I've I've heard since, and I'm I'm sure in my you know it wasn't an original line from my father, but it was original to me. And he pointed at him and he said, "That's the John Wayne of golf." Hmm. And you know that that kind of stuck in my mind. And it wasn't long after that I was attending uh, St. Pius Elementary School in Greensboro, North Carolina. And my there was a school auction, and my father uh, bid on a autographed Arnold Palmer golf glove, and he won it. And you know the, the you know it's legendary how legible the autograph is. <laughs> it was the yeah. first autograph that I ever that I ever had as a keepsake. Now I was irresponsible and decided that I would put the glove on, and I was swinging my golf club in the front yard wearing that glove when my dad pulled in the driveway one day from work <laughs> and he wasn't happy. Um, the point wasn't for me to use the glove, no. uh, not to mention it was, you know, about nine sizes too large, but yeah, that was my first sighting. Like, like a lot of people, whether it be, 
you know, a, a young boy or girl or, or, or somebody who goes to a golf tournament for the first time in their in their 20s. That was my first sighting, and it was indelible. And then you got to meet him so many years later. Uh, what, what was uh, that like? And I know you got to be with him last summer, not long before he passed away as well. Yeah, you know, it was interesting that the first real time that I met him was was a calamity because I was a I was a, an assistant professional at Seminole and he was down there for the day playing with a dear friend of his, Bronson Ingram from Nashville, Tennessee. And you know, every morning we would always we would always vacuum the shop at night. But for whatever reason, my boss Jerry Pittman made us vacuum the shop the next morning as if. Some you know people had trampled through the shop in the middle of the night. Now the vacuum was up in the locker room at Seminole, which is is as good a locker room as there is in the world of golf. And but you have to walk up a, a steep flight of steps, and you open up this screen door, and you, and you walk in the lower end of the locker room. And I hadn't seen Mr. Palmer yet. I knew that he was going to be there that day. And I, I tripped over the last step as I opened up the screen door and basically landed in his lap. He was on the bench across from the door. And so I'm kind of half on my knees, and he stuck his hand out, and he said, Good morning, I'm Arnold Palmer. <laughs> and that was that was my first handshake with the man. Oh. And, I, you know, he, he I introduced myself. He came in the shop when the day was over. Uh, you know, said goodbye, knew everybody's name, how, I don't know. Maybe he asked Mr. Ingram again, who were the guys in the shop, what's their names? And then, you know, once I got to Golf Channel, I had a, I was very fortunate, guys, to have a fair number of interludes with him, the first of which was not long after I started, and I did a, a little fireside chat with him. The USJ was putting on over at Bay Hill because he was one of a few people who had won three of their championships, and he was you guys know it was such a big part of their members program yeah. and uh, was kind of the face of that program. And we did the chat that night and he, he was just, my father was gravely ill at that time. And for whatever reason, he, he, it was almost like he knew it was almost like he had this intuition that I wasn't in a good place. And I never said anything to him until after my father had passed away. But, you know, long story long is, he was very good to me in the time that, 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 you know, I'd been here and that he was around. And the last time that I had a chance to spend a little time with him was U.S. Open Week. And Damon Hack and myself and Matt Janella, I called up Corey Britt, who manages, you know, managed all of his affairs on a day-to-day basis, and said, Corey, listen, you know, we have some time today. We'd like to come over from Pittsburgh, and mm. I, I, there's no obligation. I don't know if he's you know well enough to say hello. He said, no, no, he's in pretty good spirits. He's around. Come on by. So we went over there, and we wound up having lunch with him and then went back over to the office. And he, he just he loved an audience. And mm. even though I thought he had rallied, guys, I, re- I really did. I would yeah. seen him at the Masters and really was concerned. But at that, that afternoon sitting in his office, and him telling stories, it was almost like the lights were on and there were cameras there, but there were no cameras, there were no lights. But he put on a show. And mm. I know he wasn't feeling great and he was tired, but it was it was something that will live with me forever. So, Gary, I know um, you're heading over on Wednesday to play in the Pro-Am. I'm, I'm interested in hearing what you're anticipating the, the mood to be at Bay Hill, because on the one hand, um, obviously you would anticipate there'll be some quiet moments, some somber and appropriate, um, res- respectful moments. But I'm wondering if you're uh, anticipating kind of a, a celebration of, of Arnie's life at this event, the first event after his passing. I'm just uh, interested in hearing what you think the, the mood will be like. Yeah, Joe, I hope it's the latter. I, I hope it's, you know, I, I think that there's going to be some reflective moments. I think that you're going to see some symbolism out there. I don't know if the, I'm guessing uh, and feel strongly that the tournament organizers are going to have some particular moments of, you know, that will be melancholy and that will be um, reflective. But I I think this week is to to celebrate him. And I think that, you know, telling stories and I was, you know, we did the show from there today and, uh, you know, it it was a quiet morning. It was early on a Monday morning, but, 
I, I, I did something after the show that's going to air Sunday on Morning Drive, and I sat down with uh, Robert Dameron, who, uh, you know, won on the PGA Tour and has been a longtime resident there, and Mr. Palmer looked out for him, and then two very, very dear friends of his, and one of them is, is Ken Hawk Harrelson, who's a legendary baseball broadcaster. Hawk, nice. Two men who played, yeah, the Hawk. And so I, two men who played hundreds and hundreds of rounds of golf with him. And this is going to air Sunday. And we spoke for 25 minutes uninterrupted. And they just told stories. And we laughed. And, and some of it was borderline, mm, you know, they had to clean up some of the stuff uh, <laughs> to make it airable. But, I mean, I, I, that's what this week should be. This week should be, you know, when he passed, look, he had a glorious, great American life of yeah. 87 years. And we're all sad because you get greedy. You don't want to lose people like that. Yeah. But at this point, I think that, that we need to, you know, if he was here, he would he would want to be on that golf cart with those two golf bags loaded up with clubs. He thought he had his own time uh, that was going to be later that day in the shootout. And then he would go inside and have a kettle one. I mean, that's, that's what the week should be. It really should. So what's, uh, Gary, kind of give us your, how you got to, to Golf Channel in Orlando, because you, you've worked a lot of different parts of, uh, of, of the golf world and the broadcast world. Can you just kind of give us uh, how you, you kind of moved up that, that ladder and all the, the little side trips in between? Sure. It was circuitous, Jeff. I mean, it was, um, you know, I, when I got out of school, I wasn't necessarily sure what I wanted to do. I actually was a political science major and interned for uh, the, the recently departed vice president of the United States, Joe Biden. And I was, uh, he was at the time, this was the late 80s, was the head of judiciary, second on armed services. I thought maybe I wanted to be in politics, not not in not in office, but been in the system. And then I, I interned for him, and I realized that I didn't want any part of that because it was so bureaucratic and it was, was such a grind. And so, nonetheless, I wasn't sure what my path was going to be. So when I got out of school, I, I, my parents owned a, a piece of property and a, a home in Chapel Hill, North Carolina. There was a golf course being built at a golf club that they happened to have a membership at. That Jack Nicklaus had designed the golf course, and it was under construction. And I didn't know what I was going to do. So while I was interviewing for jobs, I worked construction, helping build this golf course. And I learned a lot, and I, I learned a lot about hard work, but I also learned a lot about, you know, the, the design aspect of things. And I, I thought to myself, geez, you know, maybe the golf industry is something that I, I'd be interested in. Hmm. I enrolled in the, uh, you know, I, I was an apprentice immediately there. Uh, working, you know, outside. I was still doing some interviewing, looking for full-time jobs. Wasn't necessarily sure that it was what I wanted to do. But nonetheless, I, I wound up, you know, getting into the apprentice program. I kind of found a loophole in the system and went through the, the business schools inside of uh, the calendar years that you really could do them and got my Class A certification. And in that period, I moved from Governor's Club in Chapel Hill to Greensburg Country Club, which was a wonderful uh, you know, two course facility that was eight miles apart, and one was an Ellis Maples design, the other was a, an old Donald Ross, yeah. uh, which was right in town. And then I, I was lucky enough that there were some members that were well healed that had memberships at certain clubs, and one of which was a guy who was a member at Seminole, and there was an opening there, and and I found myself there, and I knew that I was going to get a good job regardless of how capable I was just because that's yeah. kind of the way that system works. Mm. But I also realized almost five years into it that, you know what? I don't like this lifestyle. I, this is this is a very mm. unusual lifestyle. And I, I made the choice to get out, and it was a hard conversation because my, my boss, Jerry Pippen, who, who should be in the PGA of America Hall of Fame, um, and that's another story, but nonetheless, he said, what the hell are you going to do? And I said, I don't know. But I just know that I don't want to do this. So... I, I, you know, was, was bouncing around and had a background in doing some radio in college, and I met a general manager of the CBS owned station. I moved to Charlotte, North Carolina, and he said, well, we want to start a golf show on the weekends. Are you interested in doing it? And I said, sure. 
I was doing it for four months, and they had a morning show. They blew it up. He offered me the job to, to launch a, an all-talk sports morning show, gave me a three-year contract. I wound up being there 10 years, started doing television three years later, did the Charlotte Bobcat studio work, did the Carolina Panthers preseason play-by-play TV package, did college football and basketball for ESPN Regional. And then I moved to Sirius XM in New York City, and I was happy doing a national radio show, and then I started doing PGA Tour radio, and I was doing that for one season, and then I knew that the Golf Channel was going to launch this morning show, and mm. I, I just happened to you know be in the rotation of people who uh, inquired about the job, interviewed four times, and was offered the position before Thanksgiving of 2010, and then we started the show in 2011, so... I've been, you know, it's, you know, Jeff and Joe, it's it's something that my father taught me. He said, you know, don't worry about what you're getting paid. Just there's sweat equity in everything that you do. And things are going to pay dividends for you if you if you do a, a job well, that the payoff is going to be down the road. Don't be greedy in the immediacy of making decisions. And that's kind of the way that I looked at all the things that I've done. Now, my wife hasn't agreed with that philosophy <laughs> at times, uh, but nonetheless, it's you know I'm I'm incredibly fortunate to be in the position that I'm in. Even if you have to get up at uh, what time do you get up for the, the five days a week? That's not fortunate, Jeff. That's never fortunate. Yeah, yeah, that is that is a tough part of the you know job. That. But you being a golf pro, you you got used to that being a, a morning person, right? Yeah, mornings and weekends. That, yeah. You know, the, the, the thought of, of me, you know, people are like, hey, what are you doing for the weekend? And it, it got old really quickly for me to say I'm working. Because yeah. it's been, you know, it's, it's, it's been the better part of 25 years that the weekends are not the weekends. Like right now, today, this is this is my Friday late afternoon. Because yeah. I'm off tomorrow and Wednesday. Yeah. Well, that's. That's perfect time to recover. I have to ask, all the time you spent in North Carolina, you know that college hoops is is a, is the second religion, and we're, this is March Madness week, so you get tomorrow and Wednesday to work on your bracket. Yeah. Give us a give us a little a little a couple pointers on on where where Gary Williams is going to allocate some of his capital in terms of the the the, the college basketball world this this uh, March Madness. Well- well, Joe, I'm glad you asked me that question because I heard Jeff in his preamble with Damon Hack on our program this morning, <laughs> you know, talking about talking about how, you know, UCLA got short shifted in no! uh, as far as no! their bracket. Well, I did not. Well, first of all, you, you didn't even mention the one seed. You, you focused on Kentucky exclusively on the well, other side. Well, they got to beat that, them first. Well, I know you got to handle them first and you you handled them quite quite easily. Yeah, uh, the first time around, you, I mean, you blew right out of the building. I, I think that the South, here's the thing about the South that I, I think people are, sometimes we get wrapped up in, you know, one, twos, threes, and fours, and we don't look at the meat of each region. Now, it's, it's going to be hard for UCLA and Kentucky, uh, and, and I'm, I'm not, I'm, listen, they are the equal to North Carolina. I, I think that that is, those are pushes across the board on any given night on a neutral floor. Um, those three teams are, it's, it's a Vegas push, but I think that that region is top loaded and it's, and people are just completely overreacting to, to that. Now, yeah. again, it's not going to be easy for, for, you know, particularly Kentucky and UCLA to, to go through the, the entire thing, but they're capable of doing it. I think the West is weak. I think Arizona was dealt a phenomenal hand. Yep. That's the mm-hmm. point you were making. You're saying the Pac-12 was treated unfairly. Arizona has been gift wrapped, essentially a trip to the regional final uh, <laughs> out west, and they're playing exceptionally well. I think Villanova. I think Villanova Duke is a lock. It's destined that we will get that that regional final in Madison Square Garden, and Duke is. They, they might as well have you know their their campus. Uh, either in northern New Jersey or somewhere in the <laughs> metropolitan area, that building will be on fire. Um, the Midwest, it's okay. I think Kansas. I, I think that you know Louisville, they're good. I think I don't think they're a great two seed. So I think that I, I like chalk. I do. I like UCLA. I really do. 
if they defend Jeff and Joe, and Jeff knows this because he watches every game, if they make any interest in playing on that side of the floor, I think that they are going to be the team that comes out of the South. I really do. Well, that's good to hear. Yeah, they also need to shoot a little better. The uh, Arizona game, they were 4 of 25 on the three-pointers. Not not going to work well in the tournament if they have one. But that was the first no, night that's, that's all dangerous. season they've had that. And that, the other part about these games that I that bothers me is that yeah. there's so much commercialism. The game you, you Games that UCLA and Carolina and Kentucky want to play, which is in the upper 80s, it's, it's much easier – to get very deliberate and slow teams yeah, down in, in a tournament setting, there is the games, it's very hard to get the pace going fast and keeping it that way because there's so many stoppages. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and that's that's the danger, so we'll see. Uh, now, uh, before we let you go, Gary, we've got to get back to golf. Uh, one of the things we're trying to do this year on the show is just kind of give people an overview of the places the tour is going. And, and now that you've had... Uh, what, six years in Orlando, you live in Winter Park, where there's just been a great restoration. But, you know, if somebody's going to Orlando, kind of what, what are your what are your thoughts on on best places to hit for for golf and food uh, for house and, and uh, anything else they should kind of know uh, if they get down there? You know, Jeff, this is an interesting state. I, I think that there is there's a great deal of golf. But I think it's it's you, you got to be careful about how you how you plan trips because the state you can say well you know it, you you can move around listen I mean if you want to go from if you want to go from Jacksonville to Jupiter you know that that's that that alone is a half a day to yeah. get just from, from point A to point B I think that you know Central Florida offers up uh, some decent golf I'm not going to sit here and, and you know, toot the horn for the greater Orlando area. I think it's okay. I, I think that there are some, 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 you know, fine places to stay uh, and to play at, depending on your level. I mean, I think that I, – I actually think the Tampa area is pretty good, and I also think that going out – you know, I remember years ago, and this was when it was kind of a hot property, and I haven't been there in a long, long time. I like, you know – World Woods, and I, li- I like the yeah. fact that they had two golf courses. It's a great practice facility. It's kind of a, it's it's in a remote area, but you can get modest lodging. I think that that is that's a fun place to go play golf. The, the issue with going down to South Florida is where can you play? You know, it's 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 one thing to run into you know half the PGA Tour at Tiger Woods's restaurant, but. They don't play at places that, that yeah. you know, America can play at. <laughs> so that's the tricky part about, I think, this state, that the best golf courses are not necessarily, you know, with public yeah. access. I think anybody, if, if you make a list of places that you would want to play in this state that you think you can get on, I think everybody should try to experience the stadium course yep. um, at, at, at TPC Sawgrass at least once because it's so provocative. It's so... And it's 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 iconic in the sense that you see it every year. There are holes that are memorable that you remember that that are are, are talking points. They're they're the kind of holes that you know, Jeff, that you and and I could sit around and and talk about over dinner for four hours and yeah. say, well, "Gosh, why was he? Why did he do that? Yeah, well, I, what was he house, thinking? House just when, did, when did that. that so. I, I mean, <laughs> yeah, I was there two weeks ago. There you go. I mean, that's that 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 golf course to me is, and I think it's, and I think you know that's another subject that we could talk about at a later date. That 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 date I think is going to move, uh, and I don't know how you guys feel about it. I just think in terms of the way the golf course plays, the prevailing winds in the month of March as opposed to May, the agronomics, all of it. I just think it's better served. I mm. think the size of the crowds, all of it, but I. I, I if anybody said, where, where would you play in the state of Florida if you could only play one place? Well, the one place I'd play is Seminole, but you need, uh, basically, yeah. I, I don't know what you need um, <laughs> to get on there. Well, actually, I do, but I can't yeah. share that. Yeah. Um, but I would say go to the stadium course. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Well, Gary, uh, we, we look forward to the coverage this week on Morning Drive. You'll be there. Uh, you'll be there Wednesday through, or excuse me, Thursday through Sunday, correct? Yeah, I'll be back on the air uh, on the air Thursday. 
All right. Well, enjoy the Pro-Am, and we look forward to all the coverage, and uh, thanks for all the uh, the great insights and conversation. Jeff, Joe, thank you. Thanks, Gary. Big thanks today to Adam Hadwin, first-time winner on the PGA Tour and great Callaway guy. Also, big thanks to Gary Williams. Set the stage for us at this coming uh, Arnold Palmer Invitational down at, at Bay Hill. Season three, our friends of the Shack House of Callaway Live is now rolling. And the next couple of weeks, the goods continue on Tuesday, March 14th, which is tomorrow at 6 o'clock p.m., Pacific time, 9 o'clock p.m. Eastern time. Tune in and get to know a little bit more about the PGA Tour's latest winner. That's right. None other than Adam Hadwin. He is a great guy, as you have heard on today's Shaq House. And he's really easy to root for, and it's great to watch him hold on for the victory at Dallas Bar. Next week, Shaq House pals, Tuesday the 21st, the big Wheezy, Wheezy herself, Michelle Wee, is on the show. Michelle's the newest member of Callaway's LPGA Tour staff, one of the most dynamic golfers you'll meet. Be sure to check that one out. These are two can't-miss episodes, so get on over to CallawayGolf.com slash CallawayLive for all of the unscripted action. Today's show was brought to you by Ringer University. How about that? Our old pal Tate with March Madness here on the uh, yeah. on the rise. Tate Frazier, Mark Titus tell you everything you need to know about this year's tournament. I got the show downloaded. We're looking forward to listening to it today when I do a little workout, start uh, prepping for my uh, my bracket. You can listen, subscribe to the podcast by searching Ringer University on iTunes, Stitcher, SoundCloud, and wherever you get podcasts like the house check house that was a nice one that was amazing this episode is brought to you by 20th century studios kingdom of the planet of the apes as a ruthless king builds his empire at the expense of the remaining human race a young ape will fight for the future of apes and humans alike Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes, enter the kingdom in IMAX on May 10th and in theaters everywhere. Get tickets now.